0: The Barabbas Legacy by M.D. House As the early Christians witnessed multiple bloody Roman coups and the prophesied annihilation of Jerusalem, Barabbas and his friends strike out across the known world, seeking safe havens for themselves and their fellow saints. Is the Lord's second coming already nigh? Is there a way to hasten it? If not, how can his saints survive the martyrdom of several more apostles, and the relentless assault on truth and righteousness. What will be their legacy? Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. mean for you? Grace is a word we've heard since the very first step in our faith journey. But do we really believe in God's grace? Dr. Andrew Farley's new book, The Grace Message, invites you to discover the best flavor of Christianity and celebrate the good news of the gospel to the fullest. Life's too short to miss out on God's best. Discover how big God's grace really is. God created each of us unique and beautiful. We all have a divine kiss from God. Do you believe that? Do your kids? A child's faith is formed as they are growing up, and we as parents have an opportunity to impact their faith. Today, I'm interviewing an author who has written a beautiful book for young girls. This book helps girls learn to walk in confidence in so many ways. And, believe it or not, this book is about hair, or rather, how young girls are crowned in glory. The narrative around black hair hasn't always been a celebratory one. In fact, black women and girls have faced hair discrimination everywhere, from schools to the workplace to the Olympic Games. In Crowned with Glory, best-selling author Darina Williamson flips this harmful narrative on its head by telling a beautiful story of self-love, Affirmation, and God's Love for His Unique Creations. It's a book that I love so much and one that will inspire children of color and will enlighten people of all ethnicities. Now, Darina Williamson is a speaker, a best-selling writer, a church planter, and a bridge builder whose work has been featured in Christianity Today and Crosswalk. And we're going to be talking about one of her books, Crowned with Glory. Through the story of Azaria, a young black girl full of spirit and talent, Doreena highlights the black hair experience from combing out big hair, visiting the salon, wearing a satin hair wrap for bed, and braiding her hair to swim. You are going to love this book as Azaria Rocks her God-given beauty and expresses her uniqueness with fun hairstyles. She grows in confidence and experiences the joy of self-love. Now, this is only one of Dorinda's books that we're going to be talking about. You are going to love our conversation as we can teach our children how they are crowned with glory. Thank you so much for being here. And why don't you just start by telling um, my guests a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm delighted to be here in this space with you, and I'm always happy to make new friends. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I am a preacher's kid, so I probably was, was taught to do that as well. You know, when you grow up in the church, you <laughs> yeah. kind of you kind of have to be friendly. And so anyway, <laughs> I get that honestly from my parents, but I love that heritage that was passed down to me as a preacher's kid. And um, now I'm the first lady of Strong Tower Bible Church. My husband and I co-planted our multi-ethnic church 26 years ago. And we are in the Nashville, Tennessee area. And we just um, love, you know, leading people to love God and love our neighbor. And, um, you know, that that really sums up our, our journey, you know, trying to fulfill those two greatest commands. And so out of that beautiful work of, you um, you know, co-leading a congregation and also raising four black children, Um, God has just sourced some beautiful work that I get to join him in as a bridge builder. And as you mentioned, you know, the books that he has allowed me to write and publish and the continued good work that will come out. It's just all about really showing people the beauty and the power of God's diverse kingdom. And uh, it's truly a joy.
0: I love that so much. So I grew up in California which was very diverse. Um, our high school in Northern California, we had whites, blacks, Italians, Hispanics, Laotians, and we were just all friends. I loved it so much. And then um, we lived in Montana. My husband and I lived in Montana for 15 years, which there's no diversity. And okay. I really <laughs> missed it, really missed it. And then we moved to Arkansas. Okay. And I remember going out to dinner. We were My husband um, moved down here for a job. And there was a baseball team that was like celebrating. And I looked around and saw all the diversity of the kids. And I'm like, yes, I'm so glad to be around diversity again. And then we started attending churches. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) What's going on here? Um, And we found a wonderful church, diverse church. And I led a teen mom support group, which I know you've worked with teen moms too before. And um, I'm telling you, The joy of working alongside women of color that my favorite, one of my favorite people is Miss Jan. She's 72 years old, the Mm. sweetest um, black woman. And I'm every, every time I'm like, Miss Jan, will you just pray for our meeting? And it's like, she took us to heaven every meeting. Mm. I love her Mm. so much. Um, We haven't been meeting just because of COVID, but I miss, I miss my friends so Mm. much and I love Mm -hmm. what you're doing um, at your church. And I think it is so important and I love your books. Um, and we also have one of my little granddaughters. Um, I, I especially want to give her this crowned with glory book, um, because she's black and has this beautiful hair that I don't know how to do anything with. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm in a, I'm in the learning process too. Um, but talk a little bit just about crowned with glory and why this book was so important for you.
1: Well, listening to you talk about your story and the different ethnic groups that you grew up around and, you know, having the, the privilege, and it really is a privilege and yeah. a gift. Um, you know, children don't choose where they grow up, right? They don't choose right. the, stream, the stream that their life flows into those early years. And and so, you know, Crown with Glory is really a bit of my story mm. as a daughter, who grew up with sisters and we grew up having our hair done and you know there's a spread in the book that shows um my my lead character Azira, when she's a little girl her mom's doing her hair and she's got this expression like
0: ouch like guess, it hurts like, it's, she has this big pout on her face yes. and,
1: <laughs> and and i mean w- women of all ages are going to relate you know some of my caucasian sisters we've talked about having really thick hair that just kind of has a mind of its own and you know, getting your hair combed out. So, you know, some of those things will definitely be universal, but this book was really special to me because it reflected my journey, as I said, but also the journey I've had with my daughters as we all had to learn to grow in confidence and Mm -hmm. understanding that God made us in his image uniquely the way that we are. And so we can resist comparing ourselves or feeling like we are less than anyone else. We can fully receive that um, we are created and crowned with his glory. And so, you know, this book joins some mainstream books that have featured black girl hair and really just, you know, celebrates that particular part of our beauty, but it also infuses an element of faith with her Mm -hmm. going to church and just learning that she's crowned with God's glory. So it's more than just her, her humanity, but it's also you know, that divine kiss that we all have from God. So I hope that it's a beautiful reflection and that it's received both by girls who look like me, who see themselves reflected, but truly it's a mirror of confidence for um, children and people of all ages.
0: Absolutely. Cause it's talking about, you know, hair and you see her growing up and then what, what am I going to do? What can I be? Sure. Um, how can I serve my community? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so, it's such an important message for all young women but I especially love I mean there's definitely unique hairstyles for, for black hair that I've never done with my daughter yeah. um, and I think it's so important to talk about these things my little granddaughter comes over and she has braids and she has beads and I'm like you look so cute tell me and she's like mommy made me sit there <laughs> she's, uh-huh. she's five now, but I love now I'm so excited to get this book well I already ordered a a book for her, uh, but I'm going to get it for my other little granddaughter too. But I'm so excited to like go through the book together and say, Oh, you wear your hair like this. Look at this. Look at how pretty she is and just celebrate that. Yes. Yes.
1: And I hope that she will point to the pictures and maybe be inspired with, with new hairstyles and, and just to see herself celebrated on the page is so important because you know, there's a lot of, of research that has been done that has sadly demonstrated how underrepresented, mm-hmm. um, you know, every ethnic group really is. Unfortunately, animals have more representation than, it's true. than yeah. ethnicities that yep. are not white. And so, you know, trying to just help correct that and put more beautiful representation out in the world. And again, with a unique aspect of infusing um, the fact that she's a a little girl whose faith is also formed as she's growing up and, and her understanding, as you mentioned, her purpose and just walking that out. And as she, you know, learns to embrace different ways of doing her hair, that's just part of her journey of just, you know what, I'm unique and I just have my own flow. And, and I hope that your granddaughters and, and all little girls will just, you know, see in that story. Yes,
0: God has a special half for me. And I just need to hold my head high and walk that out. Yeah. And I think truly every, no matter what hair you have, you want something different. <laughs> my yes. daughter has the most thick ring I mean, she's 29 now, but Oh man, it was so hard to brush out her hair when she was little. Her friends had straight hair. She wanted straight hair like her friends. Yes. And there I am combing out these um, ringlets. Well, now she's a mom. She has two kids and she, she has it almost shaved it's like oh, maybe half an inch thick and part of me is like you're curls but the oh. other part of me is she loves her hair she is confident yes. in her short hair and uh she i'm like okay that's you you that's who you've grown into that's your hair and she loves it and she's confident in it and so i love that um you know we can be confident no matter where our hair is it, you know for her it's it's a half inch long right now. And that's okay. She loves her hair like that. Well, I, my hair is probably half, maybe some of my curls are
1: closer to an inch long, but I have just grown to love Mm -hmm. after going through seasons of braids and having it straightened and having chemicals and all the things I just sort of got into this season of my life and said, you know, I have spent way more Mm -hmm. time than I want figuring out what to do with my hair. And I'm going to just, you know, enjoy my natural short curls and it's easy and I get compliments on it. And I do feel, as you said, I feel confident. And that's really the goal, you know, for us to impart that to these young, impressionable hearts that are going to grow up as Azira shows with, you know, the temptation to compare yourself to other people and and finding the activities that you excel in and, and, you know, the academic journey and all of those things, you know, and so the hair is just part of that journey of growing up and, and in this book, you know, is reflected, you know, this young girl who, who finds her path to walk out and just really gives a, a, a narrative, a showcase of, um, I'm, I'm figuring out who I am and, um, walking in confidence and I'm inviting those who are reading along to do the same.
0: Yeah, that is great. I'm so excited to give it to my granddaughter. I cannot wait till it comes out and I get a copy. Um, and I know she's just going to love it. But I am also excited about some of your other books. So I know you just had another one that just released um, when we're, we're recording this. It's going to re- podcast is going to release in January. We're recording this in November. But tell us also a little bit about the celebration place because this book looks amazing.
1: Yes. Well, the celebration place is really another part of my story. I, I certainly love to just share parts of my journey. Yeah. Uh, that's just being authentic as an author. Um and so, you know, this beautiful church that I mentioned that my husband and I co planted is is a taste of God's diverse kingdom and it's really a fulfillment when Jesus' disciples asked them to teach them to pray and part of that Lord's Prayer that we all know, and many of us memorized as children, you know, when Jesus said, your kingdom come, the mm-hmm. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, the diverse church um, that has different ethnicities, different cultures, different denominations, different styles of worship, um, different, you know, voting preferences and, and all the differences that you can imagine. Um, all together in the house of God is not just an ideal and it's not just something that we will experience around the throne as we see in Revelations, but it is something that many of us have the joy of living in right now. And I want this book to be, for those who are part of um, multiracial churches like mine, um, to see their their experience celebrated and honored okay in, in a picture book for children, Um, because a lot of our, our books that, that talk about church, um, don't have, you know, those genuine, you know, images like that. And so one of the the panels is filled with, um, an indigenous dance. And Mm. that's something that we experience in our church through our indigenous family who, um, give us a taste of how they worship and, and celebrate God as creator as they dance before the Lord, and it's just majestic. And um, you know, there's a, a panel of of a of a young man who's rapping. You know, my husband yes. was a Christian rapper, and that's kind of what led us to to Nashville. And, okay, and that's losing... so
0: cool, right there. It, it's
1: a great it's a great story. You can yeah. google Google my husband Chris Williamson and Transformation Crusade to kind of learn more about that. But oh, so um, cool. because he was a Christian rapper, and because we love the arts, you know, we've got a young man rapping in church. And for some people. In 2021, that's still sort of like a what? But yes, that art form is a beautiful way of communicating the truth of God. And so so spread after spread that's filled with different um, expressions of worship, people wearing different um, outfits that reflect their culture. And, um, some of my, um, you know, early readers and launch team members have said that, the the panel that, that shows a little baby, um, in church and talks about how the baby's coo is not too much noise. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those readers have said that deeply blessed them because they have young children or they have babies. And sometimes our, our modern churches, especially in this, um, Western culture, um, that can kind of be focused on performance and, 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 things being very precise and all of that, that that children feel like, well, they have to be relegated only to the nursery or to the quiet room, and, and that their noises are not also a welcome part of who they are in church. And so um, it's it's just an innovative way to share, as I said, part of my journey, but in hopes that it inspires um, churches that are seeking to become more diverse, that that be authentic, that they truly welcome the beauty and the power of sharing culture together. Um, and, and that, that power is shared, you know, that they don't just want different looking people at their church so that they can say, Oh, we're diverse, but that, that, that they allow the culture of their church to be impacted by all of those people. So that means the worship, that means the music, that means how you greet people, how you teach, you know, that all of those things are a part of a kingdom reflection. And, um, I am excited. I'm literally four or five days away from its release as we're recording this. So get lots of fun buzz from influencers and people who are sharing. And uh, it's, it's a joy to share your heart. And, you know, it's a faith journey because you hope people receive it and, and that it's welcomed. But, you know, you do this unto the Lord and you just pray that, you know, he's glorified through the work. So that's all you can, that's all you can hope for.
0: And it it is such a celebration when we can, you know, I've had in church, our church before um, where, you know, one of the choruses will be in Ghana. I I forget exactly what it's called. I want to say it's the wrong name, but are my friends from Ghana. And so one of the verses will be translated into Ghana and we will all sing, you know, a familiar song that we're familiar with in Ghana or in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a wonderful thing because, you know, in Revelation, 7 it talks about the great multitude from every nation yes. every tribe standing before the throne and that is like when we get that on earth it is like it is a glimpse of what we're going to experience in heaven and i remember going on um one of my very first international trip we found a international church in prague which my daughter now is a missionary in the czech republic so you know she she goes to a Um, a wonderful church there, but my very first time there, it was an English-speaking church, and there was people from all different countries, like some were on vacation like us, some were internationals that lived there, and for a time, they just asked everyone to, you know, pray in their own language, and it was like, okay, this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced, Mm -hmm. to be standing there, and someone starts praying in Chinese, and someone, you know, after they stop, someone else, or Mandarin, someone else, you know, speaking in Italian, and of uh, just all these different languages, and it's like this is so amazing because the spirit is there, and even though I cannot understand the words, <laughs> I don't know what they're saying. Like my heart is just crying, yes, yes, in confirmation of how they're just praising God. And yeah. we, when we get those glimpses, and that's why I'm so excited to see that book too. When we get those glimpses of what heaven is truly like, and when we understand that this is how the kingdom is meant to be. Um, another thing when I moved down to Arkansas from living you know grew up in California I'm like wait wait I thought like the Civil War was a thing in the past like what is going on here (laughs) Um, what what is these attitudes towards each other I'm like why it was I was so shocked at prejudices that were still here Um, it was it just blew me away and I think sometimes if you don't live like in the South or a part of a country where there's still a lot of prejudices that you don't understand, like, this is a real thing that's still happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you're in Nashville.
0: So I'm sure, yeah. you know, I'm yes. sure you, you see it and experience it. And I, I know that's why your church is there to, to, um you know, just to gather instead of separate.
1: Yes, to be a witness. And, you know, as, as I've gotten older and learned more about history, um, I remember reading Isabel Wilkinson's um, masterful book, uh, The Warmth of Other Suns.
0: Oh, I love to, that book so much. Isn't yes, it
1: beautiful? About and the
0: just great migration. and The great uh, yeah.
1: migration and just being illuminated to, you know, the history that's really all over. I mean, when we talk about our, our U.S. context, but, you know, literally every region of our country has been impacted in some way um, through, you know, um, you know, migration of cultures. And certainly, mm-hmm. you know, as we're recording this in November, you know, that month that we focus on indigenous history and celebrating and learning that and understanding that, you know, the first inhabitants of this country were, you know, were, were victimized and horrifically yes. harmed yes. and traumatized. And so much of that, um, shamefully, was done in the name of Christ. And and so, you know, even continue to grow in our understanding and as I've become more aware as my indigenous friends have, have taught me very carefully about their culture and the, the broke the beauty and the brokenness. Every culture has, but you know, mm-hmm. particularly about theirs and my heart has just lamented and I've wept you know, thinking of, of the ways that their people have suffered and how the stories have been told from, um, you know, from, from the perspective of majority culture that wants to, you know, celebrate, you know, heroes, but not also tell the truth about who was truly victimized in, in conquest. And, and so, you know, all over our country from the West coast to the East coast to the Midwest, uh, you know, yes. you think of the great migration and the effects on Northern cities and, you know, my friend Sheila Wise Rowe talks about how, you know, her family migrating to Boston and, and, and how she suffered during, you know, desegregation um, because of, of what the schools were mandated to do and how so many Black children, although things were better, quote unquote, and, and mm-hmm. the dividing lines were gone, but the the, the, the systems that had been set up, um, the, the, the feelings and the sentiments still permeated people, right? Because laws can change, but hearts don't change just because laws do. And so, you know, my, my mission and my prayer is, you know, for the grandparents, and for the parents who are saying, you know, our eyes are being opened to, you know, God's precious truth that starts in Genesis where we're made in the image of God, you know, before we start going down our political trails and our denominational trails and our news channel trails and, and our opinions, you know, if we are rooted in God's truth, we see from the first chapter of the Bible Undeniably, that we are all stamped with the image of God, and that's every single human, no one is excluded. And so, you know, when we foundationally teach our children that truth, then that can help shape their understanding of their place in the world. And when they see other humans, whether they have opportunities to travel or whether Different ethnicities are part of their schools, their neighborhoods, their, you know, soccer teams or what have you. You know, we're raising little humans with this understanding that we have absorbed that we are all made in the image of mm-hmm. God, and if we could just pursue that and and seek to do that better than those who have come before us, um, I think we we would really reap
0: a, a beautiful harvest. Absolutely, and it really, it comes with. Um, community and with just listening to people just listening yes. to their stories yeah um, I love you know my friend Woodson he um, he's retired now but he was a lawyer he was in, in Arkansas he was the first black man to um, graduate from the law school that he was at my friend Alice was the first black nurse in Arkansas and I yeah. went to church with her for years. And then on Facebook, she posted a picture of her and told her story. I'm like, Alice, I did not even know your story. You know, my friend, yes. my friend Tracy currently is a nurse practitioner and, you know, I'll get a text. Can I come by? Just, I've just had a hard day and I'll just sit in my kitchen. I'm making dinner, you know, we're, we're just chatting as, as I'm making dinner. And she's like, um, you won't believe the prejudices that I faced today at work. And for me, just to like, Tracy, you can come over anytime and just unload, like I am here for you, and mm, um, mm. just those relationships. It just takes getting to know people and and listening to their stories and hearing what they face or currently are facing makes yes. such a huge difference.
1: Oh, I can't amen that enough, Trisha. And I think you know, for for so many people who will say, well, what what can I do? You know, we are so many of us are truly seeking to grow and to, to do better. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to, we cannot, um, write, you know, we can't go back in the past, but we have today and we have tomorrow and what we can do. And listening to someone's story is such a, and it's such a Jesus like way. Mm -hmm. I probably not say that right, but you know, Jesus, he would ask questions you know, do you want to be made well? You know, he, people would come and share their journey. My son has been suffering and he's this and he's that like yeah. he gave people the opportunity to share where they were coming from and their pain because he cared about their stories. And so I think one great takeaway for, for those who are listening is, you know, when they look at the, the people who are part of their life and their circle, certainly if there's no one of a different ethnicity, particularly for our white listeners, you know, then that's an opportunity for you to actively begin to change that through the relationships that you build, you know, not tokenizing people. Hey, will you be my Hispanic friend? Because I need a friend, like, you know, but asking asking God to, to um, increase the richness of your life with the stories of people whose stories are not like your own and doing what you've just modeled, listening to someone's story without critiquing them, without denying the truth of what they've experienced. Cause Jesus didn't do that. You know, he didn't say, well, I, I think you're incorrect. Oh, that can't be true. You know, he listened to those stories. And as you do that and you create a safe space for someone, you're also incarnating and you're, you are becoming a part of their suffering. And that's again, to my book, The Celebration Place, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. We rejoice with one another, but we also suffer together and you know, that's such a powerful way of us um, really growing and being, I think, a beautiful witness to a world that's looked at our hypocrisy and our division and our um, putting down one and lifting up another. And instead, if we could offer a picture that says, we enter into each other's suffering together. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when my friend is telling me about the microaggressions or the the prejudices that she's experiencing at work, I am offering her a listening ear and for her, that may be something new to her. She may be used to, you know, white friends who who don't believe her or go, well, that's in the past, or maybe you're just making that up, or maybe that's not really what they meant. Instead of just listening and going, I hear you, and I see you, and I'm sorry that you've experienced that. Sometimes that's all we need,
0: right? It's just. And I think and we it, think we have to have the answers, which we don't, because I don't have anything no. that can solve her work problems at all. No, <laughs> but no. I can ha- have a listening ear for her.
1: Yes. And that's a gift that money can't buy, mm-hmm. and it's not really hard to do. That's the thing: is there there are some things that are difficult. They're going to take some time and some effort and some wisdom. You know, we need to invest in some our purchasing power as we you know um, come through holidays or think about birthdays. You know, ways we can support you know businesses and 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 certainly you know shout out buy books,
0: please yeah, do. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but they're free, free and really easy. But significant things we can do like listening to our friends or like someone, maybe you've got a friend, you know, from another part of the world and you've shared friendship for years, but you're listening to this and realizing, I've never asked my friend to share share their story or help me understand some, what are some things about your culture that people typically get wrong or make assumptions about and opening the door for them to say, well, you see me in the fullness of who I am, you know? Um, and and I know most people are delighted to share their humanity with someone else who they know really does care. And what a great way for us to share the love of Christ, even with our neighbors and friends who do not share our Christian faith, you know? So um, you're modeling a great way for us to do that.
0: Yeah. And when we are doing that, I mean, our kids are just so used to having, you know, Tracy over our house or once, um, we had just read a missionary um, about some missionaries that were in China. Well, one of our pastors was Chinese. And I said, Hey, do you have any information about your family? You know, before they came to the United States, he came over, he had a slide presentation that he'd done for his um, family. I think it was at a family gathering and he sat here and he talked about one of his um, great grandfathers was the first Chinese um, doctor in California. He was the first one that had his, doctor's uh, license in California and he sat there through the slideshow and my kids sat there for an hour and just asked a ton of questions and he goes I didn't think they would be interested and I'm like well you know we're reading about other cultures there's people around us from other cultures you know I mean why wouldn't we talk to the people that are around us too why wouldn't we just you know why should we just leave it to the history books we want to hear from real people and so when we're welcoming people into our home and asking about their lives I've never had anyone I mean, because, you know, we, we're loving and respect, you know, we respect them. We have never had anyone say, oh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> They're usually right. excited to share about their culture and their that's lives. Right.
1: That's right. And to your point about that being in community. I mean, again, that's where, you know, mm-hmm. well-meaning people have have said, hey, I'm going to go find somebody and just try to, you know, you can't just manufacture that. Like genuine right. community. Takes time. It, it it takes trust because we don't know people's stories. We don't know if someone who looks like us has harmed them or right. harmed their family. And you know, trauma is is something that is is real that we don't talk about enough in the body of Christ. And and so you know, I, I love how you're modeling the power of community and in the in the beauty of that shared community, which so often can happen through church. And that's just a beautiful way for that to be cultivated and for the, for your dear friend to be able to share his story, how much that meant to him Mm -hmm. to be able to share that with an an eager audience. And I can just see that replicated all across the world as we grow in, in listening and learning and, and how that influenced your children and the paths that they chose to take because you were intentional to create those kind of opportunities that just organically happen at our, at our kitchen tables, you yeah. know, we don't have, we don't have to have a 5,000 square foot house and mansion to do that. We can do that in our 1,000 square foot apartment
0: or where, where wherever it is that we're sitting at the baseball field or yes. you know, sitting yes. at the playground, wherever That's we are, right.
1: wherever we are, we, we can do that. And it's such a beautiful, um, offering and witness.
0: Good. Well, I have one more question before we wrap it up. Um, and I told my daughter, who lives in the Czech Republic, I was going to ask you this, and she's like, "You learned that from church," and I'm like, "I know, but I'm going to ask the question." And it's let's talk about the difference between being colorblind or celebrating color. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So I want to hear. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's actually, one thing I have learned so much about, but I want to hear because I think it's so important that we need to talk about this. It
1: is. Well, it's so important to me, um, Trisha, that I actually my first book focuses on that very subject so colorful is a story that helps children learn about um well in the story the the grandmother black grandmother is with her her two grandchildren and their um, little friend and they are exclaiming over colors and bubbles and and i love seeing pictures of little toddlers touching the cover of my book because they they're gravitating to the bubbles that they see imaged on the cover because it's relatable and the, and the colors are beautiful. And, and so these kids in the story are having fun with, oh, I don't know, are so many colors and bubbles. And the grandmother comes outside and joins in the conversation with them. And then they see the colors in the backyard and the flowers and the fruit and vegetables. and And she just leads a very organic conversation mm-hmm. about all the colors they see and why we wouldn't want to be in the dark, we wouldn't want to be blind to those colors. And, and really the book is modeling what all of us who have children or grandchildren or influence children understand. And that is children love color from the time they can say those words, they see those colors. And we would never tell them when we're looking at the beauty of, you know, our, our harvest pumpkins or our Christmas decor, you know, well, we're colorblind. We don't see those colors. We only use that terminology when it comes to skin color. And Mm so in that book, it just explores that. And she guides them to talking about how God was very specific in the colors. And I use terminology like vanilla and chocolate and, and, and parents have said, thank you for giving us some tools so that our kids can describe themselves and see themselves, but also they can see one another and see my friends are different colors and they're all beautiful. And that's a really powerful thing for all children. But it's really critically important in an age where, you know, I have young preschoolers at my church who have heard on the playgrounds and this is in the suburbs. So this is, this is current, like happening today. Right, they have right. a child say to them, well, I, I don't want to touch you because I don't play with Brown.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: You know, yeah. and, and these, so these things are happening and people want to think that, well, that, that was back in another time and another age, but, you know, the sentiments that grandparents and great grandparents were taught, those sentiments continue to get handed mm-hmm. down. And if we're not having the conversations, we're leaving our children open to being influenced by all kinds of other resources and all kinds of other damaging um, influences. And so, um, so I am such a big advocate through that book, but just through articulating to parents, talk to them from the time they're little and remind them again, back to being made in the Imago day in the image of God, that this is God's beautiful intentionality for each of us. So my brown skin was God's design and, you know, someone else's tan skin was God's beautiful design Mm -hmm. and talking about that to children so that when they see those differences, they don't assign a negativity to them because the conversation has never been caught or has never been brought up. So that's why it's important to have those healthy conversations, Same thing with, you know, disability, with our friends whose bodies may work differently. Having those conversations early on and regularly allows our children to know that that is normal and that the difference is not bad. It's something to be curiously um, approached. So we approach people respectfully and don't point. and, And even when kids still do that, we just handle it. We roll with it and we approach and. And, and continue the conversation. So I'm really passionate about that subject, obviously, because I wrote about it, but it's been <laughs> great to see that the conversations cultivated and really to see, you know, parents and grandparents and kid ministry leaders say, thank you. Cause we want to teach our kids to see and celebrate the beauty We're God's handiwork, we are his creation. And we don't want to mute that or deny that with rhetoric that we think is helpful, but is really harmful
0: absolutely and I love that you're doing this through children's books so sometimes we may not know what to say we may not know how to approach the topic we may not know uh the right words well you've you've done the work for us we have these wonderful books that we can read and we can share and enjoy and what I love about kids is they'll want the same books over and over and over again and so it just becomes part of their conversation and they're it's 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 They're used to it. It's common to them. They know, oh, there's my friend with brown skin. I have really white skin. Um, It's so funny. One of our kids we adopted, we've adopted seven. And one of the kids we adopted is so white that he goes, I'm so white. You can see my veins. And he lifts his shirt and stretches out his chest. And you can see his veins. (laughs) I love it. So that's your superpower. I love it. (laughs) You are awesome because we can see your veins. We can see your veins. Whenever we're doing anatomy and studying the part. Parts of the body come and show us the circulatory system cuz we can see That's it. right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love
1: it. Well, and I've learned from, you know, I obviously know from my own experience as a beautiful brown woman, but I've also learned from some of my friends who have very pale skin or who have freckles or who have um, you know, whatever their skin texture that you know, for some of them, you know, the ability to tan or not to tan and you know, being yeah. made fun of because of their their skin color being very very pale. I mean, again, all of those at different ends of the spectrum, um, you know, often those things get mothed and articulated out of ignorance, you know, often intentionally, but certainly, you know, when we talk about skin color and we talk about, um, you know, our fellow image bearers, you know, it's just, it's so important that we have those healthy conversations from a young age instead of saying, well, kids don't see color. No, you're just trying to mute an important right, exactly. conversation and missing out on a great opportunity to seed them with God's truth
0: yes oh this has been the best conversation I've enjoyed talking to you so much I'm so excited about these books I'm sitting here talking to you and putting stuff in my Amazon cart (laughs) So Multitasking. Like, yeah, I'm like, ooh, this would be a good Christmas gift also. <laughs> so I've added a couple more of your books into my Amazon cart, and I'm super excited about them. Oh, um I love it. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all you're doing. Um, and just know that I'm so excited about how God is using you in so many ways.
1: Well, thank you again for sharing this space with me and allowing me to just share my heart and supporting and thank you for modeling for the good work that you're doing in your family and in your church. It's a breath of fresh air.
0: Well, I am so thankful that I can, can do that. Um, And where can people go to find more information about you and all your great books?
1: I would love for people to go to my website, Doreenawilliamson.com and there you can find links to the books and as, as well as links to all my socials. I'm active on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter.
0: Oh, awesome. And we will make sure and have all the links in the show notes. But thank you so much. Thank you so much again, Tricia. Got conflict? Who doesn't find themselves experiencing conflict at some point? Learn how you can turn conflict in your favor. That's right. There are ways to de-escalate conflict and win negotiations without being, well, a jerk. In Don't Take the Bait to Escalate, Jay Payleitner shares biblical insights on how to emerge from conflicts with stronger relationships on the job, with your neighbor, and yes, in your family. Loving your enemy starts with de-escalating conflict. Get Don't Take the Bait to Escalate and begin your journey to understanding and not fearing conflict. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, Email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.